This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. We're presenting people with an offer instead of a chatbot. Mm -hmm. And then if they don't purchase, we're getting the chatbot to start new conversations over weeks, even months. Mm -hmm. Follow up. Exactly. They start conversations tackling those objections. Because people come into the bot and sometimes they just type. And then we collect more data around why they're not buying. And then we build that back into the follow-ups. Wherever you guys are watching this show, I would truly appreciate it if you follow or subscribe. It helps a lot with the algorithm. It helps us get bigger and better guests. And it helps us grow the team. Truly means a lot. Thank you guys for supporting. And here's the episode. All right, all the way from Australia, Liz Carter in the building today. How's it going? I'm doing great, Sean. How are you? Good. I can't wait to uh, get into chatbots today with you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting conversation. Absolutely, yeah. So I first heard of chatbots years ago. Uh, ManyChat was kind of the first one, right? ManyChat, yes. I started with ManyChat in 2016. I tried a few different platforms in the meantime. Mm -hmm. Then I came back to ManyChat. Mm -hmm. They are by far the most... The most complex, they have the most functionality, although not still not enough. We've actually built a mini SaaS on top of ManyChat. Oh, wow. Uh, but they also have a very good relationship with Meta. Mm. And so that puts them at the forefront of pretty much everything that Meta is trying to do with conversation, with messaging. Um, we got into a lot of beta programs with them, testing out all sorts of features. And so, yeah, ManyChat is is the way to go mm. right now. And talk to me about why you went all in on chatbots. I know the open rates are pretty high on Messenger, right? So I did chatbots between 2016, 2018. I was running my online fitness business at mm -hmm. that time. And um, I pretty much taught myself chatbots. Then I kind of dropped off. I got a job in the Microsoft space. And then I still wanted to have my own business. And so I quit my job. I went on a cruise and I did <laughs> a lot of research and then I settled on a chatbot agency. Mm. I felt like during the two years that I'd done chatbots, I, I liked it. I liked geeking out. There was, there was a lot and I could see the, the future kind of going that way. Right. Um, and also I'd been hearing about, and it was 2019, right? I kept hearing about AI and how I could potentially make it work with AI. Mm -hmm. uh, I wasn't entirely sure how. But I just saw that being the future. And so I opened this chatbot agency. And uh, initially, I was doing gyms and mess spas. Yeah. And right about the time when my chatbot like, started picking up with a few clients, COVID hit. And so I had to pivot to the e-commerce space. Mm. That was pretty much everything that was working back then. And so I, that's what I've been doing for probably for the last four, four straight years. Wow. Mainly e-commerce, probably 90 95% of our clients have been e-commerce. Mm. 
But then we've also been getting a lot of interest from coaches, course creators. You know, you have million, 11 million followers. Um, yeah. So coaches and course creators that have massive following and they just don't know how to monetize it or do more. Yeah. So that's also been a bit of our target market, but mainly, mainly e-commerce. And uh, we've pretty much right now, we're reverse engineer- engineering their best performing funnels. When we kick off, when we launch a chatbot, we have a look at how are you, what's, what's your acquisition process looking like right now? Mm-hmm. And so we reverse engineer that and we convert that funnel into a chat funnel. It's almost like a guided conversation. <clears throat> but when we look at their acquisition process, we usually ask them, you know, what are the top three to five reasons why people don't buy from you immediately? Mm. Let's say you run a Facebook ad, they land on the website, people have questions. And so they can have that conversation with themselves in their heads, like, is this going to work for me? You know, they have, or they, you can, they can have it with a brand right. and progress faster to check out. And we're pretty much converting that funnel into a chat funnel. And so we're taking purchase rates because you said open rates, click through rates. That's just super high, right? <laughs> the, that, that is super high. But the, at the end of the day, everybody, every business is looking, how am I going to make money out of this? Like, where's, where's the revenue coming from? Right. What are the numbers looking like? And so with an e-commerce site, it's going to convert, you know, one to 5% if you're lucky, maybe. Kind of that's where the, the benchmark. Mm-hmm. Inside of a chat funnel, we're seeing anywhere between 7 to 39%. Wow. Purchase rate, not conversion, like not clicking to the website. Shout out to the Science of Scaling podcast hosted by Mark Roberge. It's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Each week, Mark, founding CRO at HubSpot CRO and senior lecturer at Harvard Business School, interviews some of the most successful sales leaders in tech to learn the secrets, strategies, and tactics to scaling company growth. We recently had on the head of sales from OpenAI, and that was a very interesting episode on the future of AI. Listen to the science of scaling wherever you get your podcast today. To the website, actual purchases. That's hot. That's, that's yeah. And so that's what pretty much what we're doing. We're, we're presenting people with an offer inside of the chatbot. Mm-hmm. And then if they don't purchase, we're getting the chatbot to start new conversations over weeks, even months mm. sometimes. Follow up. Exactly. It's like pretty targeting. They start conversations tackling those objections. Mm. And so we keep improving that follow-up process based on what, because people come into the bot and sometimes they just type, will this work for my skin? Mm-hmm. You know, how is this? And then we collect more data around why they're not buying and then we build that back into the follow-ups. Interesting. Every business should have this then because the conversion rates are high, open rates are high. There's almost no competition yeah. right now. And almost the, nobody's doing it. Exactly. And the cost is pretty reasonable too. Yeah. And, and with what Meta, because Meta has been actively working on push, pushing messaging, mm-hmm. uh, even messaging ads, like messaging ads. So it's scalable. It's not just leveraging organic traffic. It's also scalable with chatbot ads, Messenger yeah. and Instagram DM ads. But what they've been working is allowing businesses to, to free push, like free push notifications. Because in, per Meta's policies, you cannot re-engage a chatbot subscriber outside of a 24-hour window since their last interaction. Mm. However, it, there's a way now where you can get their permission, just like they would opt into your email list or SMS list, mm-hmm. they opt into your DM list. And ba- you build a subscriber's list, a DM list, mm. and then you send a broadcast that is literally free. Wow. <laughs> 
That is nuts. Yeah, DM list sounds like a really valuable asset to any business. Yeah, they've been rolling it out over the last couple of years. So they initially tested it out on Messenger. Mm-hmm. Um, we were in the beta program with them and we tested it out. Then they, they opened it up to the public. And now we've been testing Instagram DM lists in beta for about a year. Oh, you could do it on Instagram now? It's literally just opening up now. No so they're way. rolling it out to everybody on Instagram now. Yeah, That's exciting because I literally get over a thousand messages a day on Instagram probably. Wow. And I'm probably losing millions of dollars. And it's, just, it's not just the DM list, the email capture rate in the DMs. So every single one of our chat funnels has anywhere between 92 to 99% email capture rate. Wow. So you could use it to collect a fat email list. Massive. So on organic, you're going to collect higher, right? Because people know you. But even with paid traffic, so we have clients who are running messenger ads, mm-hmm. the, the conversation literally starts with capturing the email address. With ads, the capture rate is not that high. So it's anywhere between 75%, 85%, sometimes even 70%. If you're literally doing top of funnel, it's probably going to be 65 70%. It's still a very high email capture rate. Yeah. And a lot of newsletters are selling these days for high valuations. So just having an email list of 10,000, 50,000, 100,000 is a really big asset to any company. Yeah. Yeah. Because that increases your company valuation as well. And now that there's DM lists, I mean, they might even factor that when you're selling a company. Absolutely. We have one of our clients now who is literally talking to investors and they're presenting what we're doing <laughs> with them on the as a part of their business plan. Wow. Yeah. Did you raise money for this company? I did not, no. All I, self-funded? Oh, yeah. Starting from scratch. Dang. Because yeah. it sounds expensive to build out this software, right? It took us about two years, but at the point where we've we've started, so the the mini SaaS that I'm talking about sits behind ManyChat. Got it. ManyChat does not have a way to track sales mm. revenue. It doesn't. That's it. You can see, like you said, click the rates, open rates. That's pretty much it. Oh, it can't track revenue. Wow. Um, so we've built a mini SaaS in the back end that allows the chatbot to know in real time whether these people are placing an order or not. Mm. And we tie that um, attribution to the email collected. That's why we aim to collect email addresses at such a high rate. And if that purchase doesn't come, then those follow-ups trigger. Interesting. Because otherwise, you don't want to spam people, right? So first of all, you have to give them the option to say, you know, no thanks, maybe later, not interested. Because Mm -hmm. DMs convert really well, but they're still very personal sensitive channels so you don't want to spam people and so what we've built in the back end is a system that tracks revenue and a bunch of other metrics that Mm -hmm. um, just give our clients a lot more insight into how people are buying when they're buying what makes them buy so they can see literally what if they build 15 follow-ups over the course of a month Mm -hmm. that starts new conversations they will know which follow-up converts better so they can see, okay, follow-up number two, 10% of people bought. Follow-up number three, only 1%. Clearly, that's not working so much, so let's tweak that a little bit. Split test it, yeah. Correct, correct. Wow, this is so fascinating. So is there a number of people, is there a limit to how many people you can have on these lists? Or not is it that, unlimited? Not, not that I've seen so far. So we've, we've, we've worked with accounts of up to 4 to 5 million followers mm-hmm. we haven't hit a limit so far <laughs> wow i'm just thinking like even like logan paul's brand prime 
you could build a fat list and then whenever they have a new flavor or something just send out a, a blast yeah that's it it sounds super useful and super you said it's free to send out a blast right they might make it paid at some point meta mm-hmm. right now is free that is crazy because to do that over any other ad platform would cost thousands and imagine if you're running a messenger ad, you're literally getting people. We're getting people in the in messenger. Mm-hmm. We're capturing email. We're getting them on the DM list, presenting them with an offer. Then we start following up on them over a month if they don't purchase. Wow. So, you know, running ads like that will beat any other ad. That's cool. So when you're running these messenger ads, what cost are you getting per subscriber on average right now? We're not looking at um, the cost per subscriber. We're looking at the ROAS. At the mm. ROAS. So... We want that ROAS to beat all of the ad, all of our clients' ads in their ad account. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. If you pull that off, they'll they'll sign up all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You almost did like what Alex Becker did with Hyros. Yeah. So we're actually some of our clients are using Hyros as well, mm-hmm. and uh, they've just now got us to track via Hyros as well, so we can see uh, the difference between one and the other. Because our tracking system is not 100% accurate mm. because we're relying on attributing orders back to the email address. Yeah. And so if we're capturing email addresses from, you know, let's say 90, 95% of the subscribers, we're still missing mm. that 5%. That's one thing. The other thing is that some people, that's not a high percentage, maybe 1% to 2%. Some will give us one email mm-hmm. and then place the order with a different one. Mm. And so right now we're testing to see, you know, what does Hyro say, say compared to what we're tracking? Like what's, what's the actual difference that we're, that's there? Yeah. I, mean, I suspect it's anywhere between 3%-ish. Yeah. I mean, I have multiple emails. I don't order anything to my personal address on my, um, on like certain emails. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that makes sense. Uh, where do you want to take this thing? Do you want to raise money? Do you want to take on partners? I... I don't have a reason to raise money right now because I've already bootstrapped it. It's highly profitable Mm -hmm. and it's scalable. So what I want to do now is scale it. Mm. And so that's that's where we're going. You know, one year ago there were three of us on the team. Now we're ten. And we're we're scaling fast. Um, one of the factors that helped me take it to to where we are now has been Hormozis, because we spoke about Hormozi. Alex Hormozi's million dollar offers pretty much changed my offer started running Facebook ads and that that just blew up. Wow. And all 10 people are in Australia? Nobody's in Australia. Oh, just you? <laughs> we are everywhere. Uh, Canada, US, um, Latin America, mm. Thailand. Um, yeah, we're everywhere. Dang. The thing is that I'm the only one based in Australia. The company is based in Australia, but all of our clients are US and Canada based. Mm. So did you grow up there and you're just st- still living there? No, I'm Romanian. Oh. I moved to Australia seven years ago. Wow. With my daughter and pretty much started from scratch. Wow. So what caused you to pick Australia? You could have picked anywhere, right? I saw a photo of Surfer's Paradise on mm. Google. No way. That's yeah. what caused it? Yeah. Well, I was, I was following this, this girl, this fitness uh, influencer, Emily Sky, who lives on the Gold Coast. Mm. And one day she posted on Snapchat a photo of she was coming back from Sydney. I saw Surfers Paradise. I looked it up and I saw Surfers Paradise on Google. And I'm like, wow, I want to leave there. I didn't know exactly what it was, mm-hmm. but I'm like, that sounds like a dream. Manifested. I read about it, um, 50 days of rain a year. Mm-hmm. 
everything else is sunny, is just, right now it's summer in Australia. Yeah. So, honestly for me, it's just the best life. Sounds beautiful. Big change from Romania too, I bet, right? Yes. There's no beaches out there. We we have, but um, it's different. Like yeah. The society is different. The lifestyle is different. Uh, you know, a first world country, to me and to my daughter, growing up in a first world country, that's just, you can't be that. Right. Because I know how I grew up, and I know that by the time that I was 30, I'd hit a ceiling. Mm. Professionally speaking, you know, I had pretty much everything I wanted. You know, I had a house, uh, cars, like I had everything. Mm-hmm. But the cha- there was no more challenge for me in Romania. Like, where, where do I go from here? Yeah. And then if I'd hit that ceiling by the time that I was 30, was to save my daughter. She was going to leave either way. Mm. So I'm like, I might as well do it now. <laughs> wow. So there's not much entrepreneurship out in Romania? Are you interested in coming on the Digital Social Hour podcast as a guest? We'll click the application link below in the description of this video. We are always looking for cool stories, cool entrepreneurs to talk to about business and life. Click the application link below. And here's the episode, guys. There is there is some, but I feel like the culture is different. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the opportunities are different. And just Australia is just different from all sports of view. People are happier. Um, yeah, every nicer. Australian I know is super happy, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's all, it's, maybe it's because of the sun. I don't know. Probably. They say people in Cali are happier than people in colder places in the it's U.S. Ve- it's very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, you run into Andrew Tate out there? No, I've, I've seen he he's in Romania, but <laughs> I had I think I had left. Yes, by the time he was by the time he blew up, yeah. yeah. Um, so reading Hundred Million Offers by Hormozzi really changed your business, and you said you're going to one of his events too, as well, right? I signed up for it. I literally have a call at two p.m. today with his team. Wow! Um, and hopefully, I get in and go to the workshop, and I meet them. What are the requirements to get in? You'd have to be making at least 250 million, um, 250k per year, mm-hmm. and obviously you need to have your numbers ready. And that's pretty much all they said. Wow, that could be a life-changing event for you. It could be because they're looking at helping you scale, you know, pay traffic, mm-hmm. scale teams, which is exactly what I what I need right now. Yeah. So when it comes to the paid traffic, how did you learn to do that? Did you take a course or something? I'm not doing it. I have a media buyer. Got it. But um, like I had a few nasty experiences. Like I ha- I hired a different media buyer before. Mm-hmm. They charged me a lot to build a funnel and didn't work out. Mm. And then I found these other guys that they're just they're mm. for me. So they really brought my cost per book call down. They've nailed my funnel. You know, they they just handle everything. And yeah. I could bring it in house, but for now I don't want to because. <laughs> too expensive yeah i i had a bad experience i feel like everyone had a bad experience with a uh agency because <laughs> a lot of the incentives aren't aligned yeah because they'll charge you like a flat monthly plus percent of spend mm. and at that point they just want to spend as much they don't really care about profitability right so yeah i like agencies that are that charge like um i don't know like a, a rev share maybe my media buyer charges just a flat fee per month yeah and that's it okay Plus, like by now, we've nailed the funnel. It's working. And I mean, all we have to do is just shoot new creatives every month. Nice. Is it on uh, ClickFunnels? Um, no, my website is built on Webflow. Webflow. Yeah. Got it. 
it is very easy. It's like a sales page to the to booking page. Or yeah. sometimes we just run an ad, like a one minute ad to the booking page. Booking page. That's mm. it. That's cool to see you making it work on Facebook ads because a lot of people um, left Facebook ads, got too expensive for them. Sometimes it it gets expensive, but what we've seen and what we've learned is that there are periods mm. where you know you just don't see any booked calls for like a day or two, and you almost freak out. Then it goes back to normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm starting um, Google and YouTube right now. It's crazy. Wow. I'm growing 20,000 subscribers a day right now on YouTube. With the ads? With, With the ads. ads, yeah. Really? It's nuts. And it's pretty cheap, too. Like, I'll be at a million. I just hit 200K today. Last week, I was at 100K. So, I'll be at a million in, like, two months. Wow. On YouTube, you which is... Buyer? I'm doing it myself. I mean, my... So, Alaric Heck just came on the podcast mm-hmm. last week. He owns a YouTube ads agency. So, I asked him for tips. But I was doing it myself before, and he just helped me optimize them a bit. Um, but YouTube ads right now are are hot. I tried TikTok and Google and some YouTube couldn't crack it. Really? I, it was, again, it was a different agency. <laughs> different agency plus different offer. So I'm just trying to get more views and subscribers. I don't have anything to sell. Uh, so sense. I think it's a different type of model. But uh, in general, YouTube, is, in my opinion, is one of the most valuable platforms. I'm literally starting YouTube. Yeah. In a couple of weeks, I have my editor, video editors. I told them we're kicking off YouTube at least one video a week. I'm going all in. Like, even though I have 11 mil on Instagram, yeah. I value my YouTube following more mm-hmm. because I know in the long run that's going to produce way more connections and money and stuff. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, the long form viewership is just so powerful. You know yeah. what I mean? Building an audience off just shorts, it's not really an audience. They don't have a bond with you. I agree because I'm posting my shorts as well on YouTube, but. It's good for views, but yeah, it's not like a long-term play, in my opinion. Yeah, that's smart. Is uh, podcasting big in Australia? I don't think so. Mm. Um, obviously, there are people who do who do it, but um, or maybe I haven't paid attention to it too much. Um, I've been a, I've been on a few podcasts. Most of them have been U- U.S.-based. Interesting. Yeah, I like to think long-term. So, like. I'm learning Spanish right now, partially because my fiance, but also I see the Spanish podcasting space starting to blow up a little bit. Really? So in like two, three years, I'm going to be interviewing people in Spanish. Ah, I speak speak some Spanish and my daughter doesn't want to learn French. So she got me to get her a Spanish tutor. Oh, nice. (laughs) She doesn't want to learn French? She doesn't. Why? Because she doesn't like French. Interesting. So I'll say this, okay. I've been to France. And no offense, because you sound like you like French people. Um, it was probably my least favorite country. I do not. Oh, you don't? I don't like French. I'm I'm the same as she, as she is. In school, I studied I studied German. Okay. And I did not want to learn it. And my mom always told me you have to learn foreign languages. And I knew English, and I had picked up Spanish from just watching TV. And I told her, "Well, I speak Spanish." I'm like, "No, you don't." Yes, I do. <laughs> and I started speaking Spanish. I'm like. Okay, then you have to learn how to spell it as well. So she took me, she wow. put me in tutoring to learn how to spell Spanish as well. And then I'm like, great. So I won't learn German because I know Spanish. That's impressive. You learned a whole language behind your mother's back. I, by, mis- by, by accident. I by was accident. just, I enjoyed watching um, telenovelas on TV. Yeah. And I watched them for years, for years. And then I just suddenly, I, I could speak. That's one of the quickest ways I've been learning it. I watched Netflix in uh, Spanish with English subtitles. And it's, yeah, because I tried Duolingo. I had like a 300-day streak and I barely learned, honestly. Yeah. 
that's that's how i learned as well yeah yeah i just go to the sauna and put on like 30 minutes of whatever i'm watching narcos right now but that's definitely the quickest way um how old's your daughter right now she's 12 this week actually wow yeah congrats And, and you raise her by yourself Yes, uh, I have a partner. Um, we've been together for five years, but mainly by myself. So we, wow. Initially, we, we flew and moved to Australia with my ex-husband, mm-hmm. um, but we got divorced. He left back to Romania, so it's just been her and me for, for a while. Mm. So that first seven years, it was mainly just you and her? Um, in, in Australia, yes. Wow, yeah. that must have been tough. It was tough in the beginning because I kept insisting on building an online business, and I was usually always broke mm. <laughs> i didn't want to do anything else i kept trying all sorts of other businesses my online fitness business usually was however much i put in facebook ads i made back so i see that Break as, even. as as a win because you know i i gain a lot of experience mm-hmm. but i also had you know i tried affiliate marketing i know a print on demand shop and after about two to three years of doing that i'm like okay this has got to stop. I'm going to go and get a job. And I got a job in the Microsoft space um, because with my studies and everything from Romania, I could do a lot of stuff. I just didn't want to do it because mm. I wanted my own business. And so I got a job in the Microsoft space. That went really well. I was doing about 100K a year. Dang. And then, you know, again, I hit a ceiling with that job. Um, I was implementing one of Microsoft's ERP systems, Business Central. Mm-hmm. But again, there's only so much you can do in the space, right? I mean, and I, I didn't want to have a job. So at the point where I put some money aside, I quit a job and I started my chatbot agency. Nice. And the first year, did it do well? Did it kick off right off the bat or did it take some time? No, um, I think it took me about six months to get some good clients under my belt. Okay. And it was just me at that time. So like literally, I had no fulfillment costs. No, even now, like if, if I didn't have my team, um, like, we don't have, you know, overhead, not, not much, hmm. maybe a few thousand dollars. So it's not right because our clients literally pay for everything themselves. They manage that, whatever they, that's, they, they incur the costs. Right. Because whatever we build becomes their IP, their build is all theirs. So we don't have to spend too much. That makes sense. Um, so what's the goal for 2024? You got any goals? I would like to, to take my agency to one mil per month. Damn, one mil a month. Let's do it. It's, it's not that. It's not, I don't think it's that hard. <laughs> I love that. And I would like to better package the mini SaaS that we have right now because it's there, mm-hmm. but it's, it's complicated. Like um, uh, somebody else who comes in could not manage it. Mm. We manage it. We set it up for each client, and then they just have see everything in a nice format. But... It is not packaged properly. Got it. Um, my agency, like potentially, could I would like to ex- exit it in two years. It would be a lot worth a lot more if I had that mini SaaS stacked mm. on top of it. So there's some user friction there. Yes. Yeah, that's part of what makes SaaS so valuable when people like Becker can figure out how to implement it easily. Yes. And people yeah. don't even have to do any hard setup because anything coding, I'm out. Like I'm not doing that. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's why Shopify was so ahead of its time because mm. prior to Shopify, you had to know coding yeah. to make an e-commerce business. And it was just like, you mess up one line, the whole site shuts down. Yeah. And I have some horror stories of like this site closing on Black Friday or something important. You know what I mean? I've, I've had, like, 
we've had Black Friday probably in 2022. I remember we had a client. Their website, we had built this massive like VM list inside of Messenger. We didn't mm-hmm. have Instagram back then. Their, sh- their website crashed. On, <laughs> on the we, we did a countdown. Everything was going through Messenger. Mm-hmm. We built this VIP list. You only get access through Messenger. We send out the broadcast and like, you know, the, the free push. Yeah. Their website crashed. Too many people on it. They probably weren't on Shopify because Shopify is really good about that. I can't remember. It was in uh, 2020, yeah. but it was, wow, that was a big stress for me as well. Although <laughs> They probably blamed you and then it was a whole um, fight. No, they didn't, but it, it just didn't turn out the way that it should have right. because everybody had worked so much and then it just didn't. It was like a, a 30% probably of what it could have been. Yeah. I'm really excited to try these lists out because I know Instagram kind of limits your your DMs per day, like 100, 150. But with these lists, you could just send out. If you go through ManyChat, it won't. Um, you might have a, the volume that you're at. You might have issues if you also automate comment replies. Mm. Because I do it with my, that's how I grew my Instagram account, using comment to DM automation. And I had one of my very first posts go viral. Mm-hmm. I think I, it's at 1.3 million views. Wow. It's at around 30,000 comments. Damn. And because it took off and the chatbot kept replying at the same time, I didn't realize it. Yeah. Uh, they restricted my account for a week. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't comment. And that was it. Everything else worked. Oh, that's not too bad. So, Wait, so you can do comments with this? Comment reply. I might need that because I get thousands a day and it's like I can't even respond to people. I kind of feel bad. Yeah. So if you build something very easy, very evergreen where they comment... And you can even exclude if you know you get um, some negative comments. We get our clients to exclude. Mm. Like some I've done that. Yeah, the, I exclude, exclude them. Like, and it won't fire on those comments. Got but it. But it would just simply reply, you know, check your DMs. I sent you a DM. That's it. Yeah. It doesn't have to be in the context of what's been asked or anything like that. Wow. No, that's a good funnel because then once they're in the DM, they're in your messenger list and then get their email. That's it. And in the DMs, you could literally have like some form of freebie. It's like, hey, um, would you like to download my whatever? And then they say yes. Next step, great. Type your email below and I'll send it to you. Yeah. That email flows to, what CRM do you use? Uh, HubSpot. Yeah, we use HubSpot as well. So it flows to HubSpot. It triggers an email to be sent, mm-hmm. but you can also deliver it via DMs. So now you're literally in front of that audience via two channels. Wow. Email and, That's cool. and DMs. I've seen it set up in people's DMs where when you go to message them, it pops up like a message. Yeah, that's a conversation starter. Got it. There's, there's a lot of ways you can pull people into conversations, like from stories, from reels, mm. from live videos, um, even from your website. So we literally have clients right now who have buttons on their website that leads to Instagram DM. Wow. I need to step it up with my DM game. We're going to talk after this yeah. for sure. Liz, where can people find you and the company and what you're up to? Yeah, if they look up, uh, if you look up Louisiana Carter on Instagram, or you can go to our website, getgloria.com. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for watching, guys. As always, see you tomorrow.